Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Taking a look at the issues surrounding the health and well-being of our LGBTIQ communities, this is Well, 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 brought to you every week by Thorn Harbour Health. You're here with us on Well, Well, Well with Jacinta Hennicom and Michael Whelan. We are recording from our 200 Hoddle Street site, which is here on unceded Wurundjeri and Warrior country up here in Abbotsford. And obviously monkeypox has been you know, everywhere at the moment. Uh, I mean, not yet. The outbreak hasn't spread that far. Yeah, but fingers crossed. Everyone's not asking everywhere. about it. So mm. what will we be listening to in this episode? What will we be finding out? Yeah, so we um, we were approached by um, the lovely folk down at the Laird Hotel who were um, last week running a week of leather, which is their annual celebration of leather and fetish. So they have things like the... Um, Normally they have the Laird Leatherman competition that happens every year, which didn't happen this year. Um, but they have things like sessions where they get the community get together to learn about different kink and fetish related um, things. So they have uh, impact play workshops and electro play workshops, um, all different kind of things for the leather and fetish community to come together. And they really wanted to, because monkeypox was kind of on the, the tip of everyone's tongue, mm. have a bit of a community town hall to kind of pull apart some of the questions that community might have because um, if you've been following along with the monkeypox um, current outbreak, it's been a very fast-moving situation. We've mm. kind of had new information coming in nearly every day, especially as we had the announcement that we would have some access, at least some limited access to vaccines initially for a couple of Melbourne-based clinics to at least start getting our community inoculated against the monkeypox virus. So basically we invited everyone to come down on the Monday night, um, have a chat, bit of a chat with us from health promotion at Thorn Harbour. Uh, we had Esh from uh, Pronto, who is our lead peer test facilitator. We had Chris from Prep for Change. We had representation from the current reigning Laird Leatherman um, and the team from um, Prep Access Now, as well as um, myself and my lovely co-hosts at Hide and Seek. We kind of had a bit of a record of the live environment. It was a really, really interesting session to kind of chat with our community about what either their concerns were about either keeping safe and well, uh, preventing monkeypox or accessing the vaccine, obviously because we had such low numbers of the vaccine, at least initially. So we kind of got everyone together and we recorded for the full hour there. Uh, we're going to be playing a little bit of a sample of that mm. um, here today and we will have access um, through our podcast page at joy.org.au forward slash well, well, well. We'll have a link to the full episode as well. So if you want to catch up and make sure you don't miss a thing, uh, head to our podcast page. You're getting well, well, well with the team from Thorn Harbour Health. My name is Michael. I use he, he pronouns. I'm here representing, of course, Hide and Seek on Joy 94.9, uh, but I am also a health educator at um, Thorn Harbour Health, where I represent our priority populations of people newly acquiring HIV, I guess. Mm -hmm. John? Uh, I'm John Cock. My pronouns are he, him, or they, them. Uh, I am one of the presenters from Hide and Seek on Joy 94.9, as well as uh, the General Secretary for Prep Access Now. And Who wants to go? It's Chris. Oh. Esh. Oh, Esh. 
Oh, hi, my name is Ash, and I'm, uh, I use he, him pronouns, and I'm uh, the lead test facilitator at Pronto, um, where we do primarily uh, HIV and sexual health testing. Chris? Uh, hi, everyone. I'm uh, Chris Williams. I also use he, him pronouns, and I'm the co-founder of Prep for Change, Australia's largest online prep community. Better penis uh, away. Better penis away. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Craig. I'm the current lead leather man, but I'm also the policy and research officer for Living Positive Victoria. So we've got a bit of a mishmash of people here today from various experiences, various professions. Um, we're hoping today that we can answer at least some of your questions, um, keeping in mind that we are not necessarily medical or clinical professionals ourselves, uh, but we do work in community education, in uh, testing and in providing policy support for our community um, and our community advocates. So um, I might open this to the room. Um, what are the potential side effects of the vaccine? I heard uh, the vaccine can have nasty side effects, but I wasn't sure if that was just spin. Chris, is that something you can speak to? Uh, I think so. I think it's a, it's a, a good question because the, the, the vaccine situation has changed uh, recently. So there are two vaccines in Australia. There's ACAM 2000 and there's also Gineos. Now ACAM 2000 is a much older vaccine. It's called a second generation vaccine that was intended specifically for smallpox, which is related to monkeypox. So there is kind of cross-protectional benefit in that vaccine. But the ACAM 2000 vaccine, because it's a bit older, it requires a percutaneous injection that goes under the skin. There's special training required for that. And it can leave a bit of a nasty blister at the side because it's using a live virus. And because it's using a live virus in there in the vaccine, it's not suitable for a lot of people with immuno or um, uh, com compromised immune systems. So as a result of that, it's really not recommended for, for mass rollout, even though it's, it's there. Um, so instead of that, there is another vaccine that's come in, which is a third generation vaccine called Genios, Genios, not sure how to pronounce it, uh, but it is a... Much Genios more, sounds better. Genios, that'll do. Um, much more modern vaccine. It is just a, a standard vaccination, a needle in the arm. Um, so that's going to be suitable for, for everybody at this stage, including all the priority populations that are being addressed with the first phase of the rollout. Um, in terms of side effects, I did do a bit of brief reading. It's fairly, fairly mild, fairly standard. You might get a bit of, you know, redness around your arm, a bit of a sore arm. You might feel a little bit kind of under the weather very, very briefly. Um, I think that was the extent of the side effects. There was nothing horrible, nothing nothing terrifying in there coming out of the side effects of that for, for the most part. Yeah. There were a couple of um, studies that were done on the Genios vaccine, and I think they inoculated about 7,800 people, nearly 8,000 people, um, and no one in that those studies combined experienced um, severe adverse side effects. So they had those things like, you know, a little bit of, you know, soreness at the site of injection, um, but no, no real side effects, as, as we like to call them. Um, and uh, as you said, people who are pregnant or people who are getting pregnant and people who have compromised immune systems, people living with HIV, the new Genios vaccine, which is the vaccine we'll have kind of widely across Australia, some of you might have mm. seen, um, that will be the vaccine we have access to, um, which is great because it has less side effects. Can you give us a bit more information about how it's being rolled out? Yeah, so this is this is rapidly rapidly emerging information. Yep. Uh, I was unaware of this at nine o'clock this morning, so all of this has changed literally within the past eight <laughs> hours. Um, so vaccine rollout rollout in in Victoria uh, at the moment is going to be centred out of I think six different high caseload clinics that that we know and love. Um, if I my memory serves me, that is going to be at the Thorn Harbour Clinic on uh, here on Hoddle Street. 
which is called Pronto. It's going to be at the Thorn Harbour Centre Clinic. It's going to be at Paran Market Clinic. Yep. Uh, the Collins Street Clinic with Dr. George Forgan Smith. Uh, Northside Clinic. I feel like I'm missing one. Melbourne Sexual Health Melbourne Centre. Melbourne Sexual Health Centre as well. Thank you. So those are the yep. six locations that are going to be uh, distributing the vaccine for this initial phase. Bearing in mind, this is just tranche one of the vaccine. Mm. Um, so this is just the highest highest priority of those highest priority. There will be more vaccines coming into the country later on, we believe around September. Um, uh, a good one that's been on a couple of people's lips because of how we've been thinking about the flu and about COVID was around how long this new monkeypox vaccine lasts for. We've been talking about boosters. We're up to our fourth booster of COVID. Um, so, yeah, people were asking whether you have to get repeated doses of the vaccine. Esh, is that something you wanted to mm. chat about? So, so far as what we know is that um, you get the first dose and then... You get the second dose within a month after about 28 days. And then it takes about two weeks before the vaccine fully kicks in, before it, before it gives full coverage. Yeah. That's so what at, we know so far. So yeah. we're looking at about 42 days between your first jab and when you actually start The first jab and the second jab. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then two mm. weeks after that. Yeah. yeah. So while it is two doses and for this initial rollout, we might be talking about a single dose for some communities... Um, it does provide effective long-term protection. It is, as you said, Chris, based off the original smallpox vaccine, which provided effectively life protection. So people that got the original smallpox vaccine were guaranteed kind of 40-plus years of protection. So yeah. we can anticipate the same will be true of this vaccine as well. Yeah. Just to add to that, um, there is quite good coverage for protection from the first dose, um, and mm. it's kind of recommended at the moment that anyone who's immunocompromised will need the second dose. Um, and from my understanding that whenever we're procuring um, vaccines for that community, we are making sure that we order two of them, not just one. So yeah, we are yeah. only kind of procuring one dose for others. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyone that kind of follows the kind of international kind of HIV community, I guess, there's been a, a massive um, HIV conference, conference that's just happened in Montreal in Canada, which is why so many of our HIV and it, LGBTI organisations are running on minimal staff at the moment because they're all in Canada. Um, there was some data released at that um, conference event that was talking about, particularly for people living with HIV, that the second dose of the vaccine is important because for those communities we're looking at it's a slower uptake of the vaccine. So while an HIV negative person might see a quicker response time to the vaccine and be protected quicker, it's going to take our people living with HIV just a little bit longer. So there's probably an importance for us to prioritise those communities and make sure that they have good access uh, particularly if they are immunocompromised, low CD4 count and that sort of thing. But you are I, with I very much agree with this question that came through that said, why must there be so many diseases and viruses since 2020? What the fuck is happening? Which, honestly, oh, a vibe. It's the apocalypse, guys. I mean, come on. It's like we all know that it's going to go a little bit Mad Max, and fortunately we've already got the outfits for it, so we're fine. We're fine, yeah. Um, <laughs> but that um, We were having a bit of a chat today, Esh, around kind of the, um, I guess, the fatigue that many people are experiencing. You know, we're, we're fortunate and happy enough to be coming out to a week of leather here today. You know, 12 months ago, 24 months ago, we weren't really out in public, so we're very happy to be back out again. Do you think that having this introduction of a new virus kind of that's amongst our community is is causing, like, like a trauma build-up? I definitely, definitely would agree with that. Um, I feel like because because, you know... We have a history um, of this, and and I think what what I have, or 
you know, we've been noticing at Pronto is that people people are coming in with a lot of anxiety and it may not specifically be because of what's happening right now with monkeypox, but because there's, um, there's a history behind us and I think it's unpacking a lot of stuff at the moment. Um, so I think it's probably... I think it's good to be aware of that, that this is not just a, a singular issue. This has been been a series of issues that we have faced over a period of time that it is exhausting. And, you know, and I think it's good to acknowledge that. Mm. Yeah. And we were today making the correlation between, um, obviously, while neither HIV or monkeypox are gay diseases, we are experiencing monkeypox from within our communities of, you know, men who have sex with men, people who have sex with men who have sex with men, um, and the correlation between, um, uh, you know, the trauma of, of history of people dying of AIDS and things like Carposi sarcoma that had very visual signs on the skin and how that might relate to what we're experiencing now. So for our elders in our community that might have been experiencing that, you know, in the 80s and 90s, there's this issue of kind of re-traumatisation that's going on. So uh, I guess if, if that's something that impacts you and the people that you love to reach out to the networks that you have for you, reach out to support services that are available, you know, community organisations like Living Positive Victoria, like your Thorn Harbour Health, um, like NAPWA, um, yeah, Tim and all those places that support the communities that you live in, I guess. Um, any tips on staying safe from monkeypox at events or is it best to avoid everything at the moment? And that's probably very relevant um, as we think about, as I said before, coming out and enjoying our social spaces mm-hmm. again, particularly in our kink and fetish communities where we so cherish these kind of events in our time together. Look, top-to-toe latex is always a good idea. Um, I may be biased, but no. Um. <laughs> but not a, not a bad idea. No. If you are going to be out rubbing up against people, we know that skin-to-skin t- contact is a method of transmission. If you are in head-to-head latex, you are going to be less likely to either transmit or to acquire the virus. So yes. if you are covered in more clothing, you are potentially going to be more protected. Mm. I feel to answer this question, it's probably worth a reminder of, well, how is monkeypox transmitted in the mm. first place? Yeah. To know, well, well, how do we stay, stay safe from it as a result? Yeah. Yeah. Again, that is also an evolving space too. So generally contact with a person who has... Um, skin changes, so has those rashes, has skin lesions, yeah. has what then become pustules and the visible signs of monkeypox monkey pox, are the yeah. Most, yeah. Um, most easy way to transmit the virus. Um, there is some discussion on whether respiratory droplets and yeah. um, aerosol transmission might be a factor, but specifically with aerosol transmission, I don't think we have hard and fast evidence that says one way or another. Yeah. Kind of like with the early days of COVID, we didn't really know how present it was in the air until we got a bit more data. Um, but the, I mean, not that there's a good way to get it, but the best way to get it is to rub up against someone that has someone, yeah, yeah. has monkeypox and has lesions and has those open sores. Yeah. So um, a good conversation to be having with your sexual partners if you're... You know, depending on the kind of sex you're having and who you're having it with and what kind of information is being shared prior and post that happening, um, good communication with your sexual partners is good. It can also not hide, but it can be in places that you might not necessarily look at on yourself. So if you have a regular partner, if you have someone that's in your life that regularly sees you naked, um, have a once over. Yeah. Um, someone was asking about when we will have, obviously, the vaccines available will be available at um, Thorne Harbour Health, sex on premises, venues, pub pop-ups, pharmacies. Um, I think this is a really interesting question because that is something that we've done in our community in the past. So when we've had um, 
meningococcal outbreaks, when we've had um, hep A and hep B prevalent in our communities, we have been really responsive and gone out into our communities, gone down to Wet on Wellington and given free jabs in people's and, arms, popped up in places. And actually right now over in the US, uh, if anyone's familiar with the uh, Steamworks chain of sex on-premises venues, um, they, along with a number of other ones in California, uh, have actually been having uh, on-site uh super clinics uh, during the day when they're not open. So uh, turning the, the sex spaces into uh, vaccine uh, pop-ups. Yeah. And so that's been really exciting there. Whether or not uh, pop-up clinics actually happen here, though, at the moment uh, it's looking like there will be those six clinics available, but doses are going to be limited, at least initially. So Yeah. I think when the on-site vaccination happens at places like whether it's at the Laird or we're thinking about Wet on Wellington and those spaces where our highly sexually active men who have sex with men communities are present, um, again, we are going to have to wait until we have better access to larger yep. amounts of the doses of the vaccine to execute it because the amount is so, so slim. What were you saying, Craig, before about the, the number that we have? I think there were... 5,000 doses? There were about 5,000 doses in Victoria. Yeah. Um, so in the grand scheme of things, we need a lot more. Um, this is just, you know, the, the plan was always to have the vaccine by September, which we will have. This is kind of like a little treat before it's we the get sampler. the sampler. <laughs> it's the sampler. Now, just um, out of interest, is everyone familiar with the symptoms of monkeypox? No. Okay. So, guys, what are the symptoms of monkeypox? So there's a few symptoms, and um, fortunately slash unfortunately, you might recognise them as symptoms of something else. Um, some people, but not all people, might experience flu-like symptoms. You might develop a fever. You might just feel like general malaise, like a, a general feeling of kind of unwellness, um, but you may, and swollen lymph nodes. Um, yep. But you may attribute that to, you know, we're in the middle of a flu season, the pandemic is still ongoing, so it is... Um, important to kind of stay vigilant in terms of understanding the experiences that your body's going through. Um, and, of course, a nice quick and easy thing to do is if you're feeling like general fever, unwellness, you know, a rat test is generally freely available um, to kind of rule that out. Um, if you've had your flu shot um, and you are generally protected against the flu, thinking about monkeypox um, symptom onset might be something just to have at the back of your mind. Mm -hmm. um, for those people that then do have monkeypox, um, you can develop um, lesions, sores on the skin. Um, it can occur anywhere on the body, but um, we're generally primarily seeing it, you know, at the point of transmission, which might be, you know, the cock and ass area or the anogenital region, to get a bit more specific, um, on the hands and on the face. Um, anyone that's put monkeypox hashtag into Twitter, it will pop yeah. up and you will see kind of what the lesions look like and maybe what to either look out for or the kinds of areas that they might show up in. And, you know, I think we've had lots of different health communication in terms of language around yeah. this. So we've used terms like, like lesion. I don't know, when I first heard that word, it casts a very kind of dark, you know, Im image in, in my mind. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, from what I've seen from the pictures, and there is a lack of consistency in the way that cases are presenting. Not two cases are always mm. going to be the same with monkeypox. We sometimes talk about a rash occurring, so kind of like small little prickles on the skin, like a redness to the skin. Sometimes it can appear as, as spots, like a zit. Sometimes like a, you know, a pimple or a pustule, so a much, a much larger kind of spot. Mm -hmm. There's lots of various, various different presentations. As Michael said, 
it, a lot of the health communication says traditionally it appears you know, in the mouth and then spreads across the face. We've seen that in West Africa. That's not necessarily the way that the kind of the, the European and the North the, the, and uh, the uh, US and Australian outbreaks are occurring. It may just be one or two spots. In some more extreme cases, it's, it's a lot more spots. Um, we don't know the presentations. It is very, very variable. But because of this, sometimes it is difficult for doctors to get a clear diagnosis from sight because yeah. it's inconsistent. It also looks like it could be various other things, mm. such as either a herpes outbreak, especially if it's around the, the, the anus area or perineum area, um, or it could look like syphilis as well. So at the moment, we've got to be very careful in terms of how we're diagnosing this thing. Okay. Yeah. And so if you do develop a lesion, then it would probably be very important, firstly, to get in contact with your doctor and let you know that you're presenting with a lesion, yeah. a lesion and then arranging to get it checked out. Yeah, because if you, if you see a general GP that maybe isn't experienced in um, managing someone with monkeypox, you may call your general practitioner and they may, they may recommend that there is a specialist clinic that you can attend that is better equipped with you know, PPE and those things that are needed to kind of coordinate that. I think it's fair to say that that's majority of health practitioners in Australia at this stage. At this yeah. stage, yeah. <laughs> There's um, a massive unfamiliarity with yeah. monkeypox. Um, so there are links on um, both the Thorn Harbour website. So if you go to thornharbour.org forward slash monkeypox, um, there's some information there. If you have developed symptoms, a quick number to call um, and to do that kind of quick assessment and recommend where you do go. Um, if you do present somewhere, they may recommend that you arrange PPE or they might make protective equipment available to you when you turn up um, and it's a good idea to if you have say like an exposed sore on the face or on the arm um, to cover it um, with either a dressing or with clothing um, but they will kind of talk through that with you if that's something that you experience but um, don't just rock up to Melbourne Sexual Health Centre and say what's this funny thing on my arm is that monkey pox because they will probably jump through the roof and yeah um, because we don't want to put our Health practitioners at risk because they're the ones, you know, getting us access yeah. to the vaccine, sorting out our prescriptions. Let them so know in advance so they can take appropriate steps. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Of which there are a few to um to think about. Yes. yes. Go ahead. Person is getting monkeypox. How long is the symptoms of the process? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, um, so I believe it's twenty eight days, isn't it? So the initial onset can be before you start to develop symptoms. Could be anywhere from I think three to seventeen days. Uh, it, it's variable. I've read different numbers in terms of the time to onset can be, I think, somewhere six days up to 21 days in, in, in the longest, mm -hmm. longest amount of time. In terms of the duration of having the symptoms, it can be around two to four weeks approximately in terms of having the symptoms. There is an isolation period, which I believe is 28, 28 days, days, to make sure that you are fully isolated, not having any contact with anybody. If you are in a situation where you are isolating and you do need to seek support, um, we do recommend that you reach out to organisations such as Thorn Harbour Health who may be able to help you. Um, someone uh, messaged in and was asking around, obviously we've got those um, what we call high caseload clinics, so those clinics that support our queer communities, so our Thorn Harbour Health and our Pran Market Clinic, um, those are all kind of centrally located um, clinics, how people will access the vaccine if they live in Ballarat or Mildura or Colac or, you know, Rye or wherever. Um, and that's a really good question. Um, we don't have named clinics that will be distributing the vaccine yet in regional Victoria, but the public health units 
that are based in regional Victoria will be the point of contact moving forward. Unfortunately, on both the Better Health website um, and I think on our website that's just been updated for Thorn Harbour, at the moment it just lists those um, general catchments, so like the Lod and Mallee area, um, with an email. So at this stage, you would have to get in touch with that email um, and wait for a response. Um, we're hoping that that will expand out, we'll get a little bit more clarity, we'll have some dedicated clinics in regional Victoria that will be able to support community but at this stage um, if you do live regionally and you can't get into the city um, that is your best route for accessing the vaccine we will be trying to keep our information updated prep access now now has a website that michael set up uh, monkeypox.org.au uh, which will be listing uh, clinics that do have the uh, the vaccine available as well as links to uh, some of the other information available as well Again, Thorn Harbour, uh, only by getting the information out as soon as it becomes available, are we really able to uh, make sure that everyone stays informed and that we actually get ahead of this? Yeah. Um, someone asked um, a really good question and um, one that we've been talking about with friends of ours at the moment is, yeah. um, what is the official treatment for monkeypox? Um, and at present, there really isn't a widely available treatment. Generally, the treatment is rest, isolation, um, painkillers. Painkillers. If you experience those fever, flu-like symptoms, um, it's responding to the symptoms yep. less about the actual virus itself. But I think there's some antiviral. Uh, the vaccine going on. also does uh, lessen the severity of the symptoms. Yeah. So while mm. we're talking about getting vaccinated to prevent monkeypox, if you've just recently acquired monkeypox, um, you can access the vaccine as PEP. So like we think about. HIV having PEP and prepped for post-exposure prophylaxis and pre-exposure prophylaxis, we can think about monkeypox in a in a similar way, I guess. And to, how soon after uh, developing uh, after an exposure would you have to get uh, the vaccine for it to uh, to work as variety of symptoms? I think we were talking today about four days. Is that right? I think ideally as soon as possible. If yeah. if you know you have a contact tracing scenario where somebody informs you that they have suddenly got got symptoms, then the sooner you act the better, ultimately. Mm. But there is, a, as far as we understand, a window of opportunity where you can ultimately make sure that you don't get any symptoms developing if you get act early enough. Even if you act outside of that window of opportunity, we do understand there's the possibility that the vaccine will reduce the severity of any symptoms in there. So you do have some grace period of being able to access that vaccine. And the, cool. the supplies that we have in Australia right now, including the very, very initial doses, some are being kept aside as well to make sure that we have enough PEP for people that might need it from exposure. This has been a sneak peek of some of the highlights from the Monkeypox Town Hall hosted at the Laird as part of their A Week of Leather celebrations. Catch the full episode from Hide and Seek via the links in our podcast page. Head to joy.org.au forward slash well, well, well. Thanks for listening to Well, 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 your show for LGBTIQ health and well-being, presented by Joy sponsor, Thorn Harbour Health. For more on these topics and much more, check out Thorn Harbour on social media at Thorn Harbour or via the website, thornharbour.org. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.